it's the Inside the Ring podcast, and it's season three, episode 10. U.S. Thanksgiving with Maddie and Smitty brought to you on the Inside the Ring podcast network. InsideTheRing.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on X at Inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app for extensive Bruins coverage. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page. Smitty's going to tell us how to sign up for ESPN+. Plus. What are you waiting for? Yeah, you can go over there and sign up for ESPN+. Plus today. Uh, I have ESPN+. Plus. I love all the college sports, UFC, and NHL hockey. So sign up for ESPN+. Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today. So you don't miss any NHL action one last time. Sign up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Hey, you get the bundle. Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, $14.99. Sure. Yeah, do that. You know what I mean? Do that. Go over there and sign up. Get get some stuff for your kids. Get a little hockey for yourself. Get the Hulu. Fargo just came out looking good over there on on, uh, Hulu. You know, stream it. Yeah. Letter Kenny's coming out on Christmas Day. That's a hockey show. Sign up. Sign up and and get some of that uh, content and help us out in the meantime. For crying out loud, help us out. I think it's a I think it's a win win (laughs) all around. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead and do that. So uh, hey, Bruins. Fourteen, one and three, moving right along in a matinee action uh, coming up in about uh, forty-five minutes. Yeah, uh, on Black Friday, you a Black Friday shopper or what? I, I can't. I did it. I did it one year. I did it. I went into a Target at like four o'clock in the morning on a Black Friday, and there was I almost got trampled to death, and there was like fist fights in the electronics yeah. section of people trying to sure. get TVs because the TVs were. You know, yeah. $400 off or something. You know, they, you get a TV for like 50 bucks or something like a, like a, like a 70 inch flat screen TV for like 50 bucks. So like people were going in there with like guns and knives and, and killing yeah. each other. I was just trying to get some Legos and some Nerf guns. Uh, so I had a lot less uh, aggravation, but still the mass of people and like the whole thing. Uh, was absolutely ridiculous. It's terrible. Uh, so I do most of my shopping now online. That's the way to do it, yeah. folks. Yeah. <laughs> what I used to do is I used to go, New Hampshire used to open Thanksgiving night at 6 p.m. Yes. I used to do that thing down in uh, Portsmouth area. Okay. Um, and and uh, there was a bunch of shops right there. I used yeah. to do that at 6, 6 p.m. on, thir- on uh, Thanksgiving night, actually. Yeah. I think people are over that now, like with the whole making people work on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It seems like anyway. So that's, uh, that's good to see, you know, except the people at the gas stations, they have to work, but no one else really uh, is working on Thanksgiving, you know, except for the, you know, uh, emergency response people and and those types. I mean, we need those go. We need that stuff. Emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. Going 24 seven. Duncan is was open till one uh, down in the. Uh, in oh yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, people need yeah. that coffee. Need the coffee. Need yeah. the gas, and and yeah. need some people just in case they get killed. Yeah, get it done. Yeah. Uh, all right, seven chirps, uh, and uh, it is brought to you by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewing and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island. It now has the bar down New England IPA. And you can order online at lopsbrewing.com and follow them on social media at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. And chirp number one, Milan Lucic is entering the substance abuse program through the NHL. He is still on long-term IR. He's also on a leave of absence following the incident uh, at his home that now as details emerge, uh, I guess a sleepover with his kids, which was Another disturbing uh, little antidote. And uh, so now Lucic uh, is still off uh, the team. He's still away from the team. And I'm thinking now, <clears throat> could it be that the Bruins are going to continue on with him, let him go through the process of the program, and potentially bring him back? I, God, I hope not. That would be a mistake in my eyes. I mean, I don't think there's any room uh, for an organization that welcomed Mitchell Miller to such poor uh, PR and poor publicity to keep a guy uh, who this has happened with now a second time. It's not the first time. Uh, you know, I guess they they could let him go through the program and, and then, you know, 
let it cut them loose at that point. But it, it seems odd the way they're kind of handling it and, and that they haven't already cut them loose. You know, he's played four games, zero goals, two assists, minus one with one shot on goal. And he's averaging about 12 minutes of ice time a game. So he's, you know, we've talked a little bit about what kind of impact he has had and, and will have, uh, but they don't appear to be missing him right now, do they? <laughs> no. But, you know, what impact, you know, the impact, is that what Bruins fans want to believe he brings? Or what impact does he really bring to the table? You mentioned 12 minutes a game. You know, they're not going to do anything out there. There are star players with loose out there. Like, I just think it's severely overblown. I think the guy's at the end of the line at 35 years old. He's plodding around the ice even before he got hurt. He hasn't been there for, you know, how many games they played out? 18 games. He hasn't been there for 14 games. Yeah. They've lost one game in regulation. I mean, the the whole thing that a guy like that, an enforcer type, is a deterrent is completely false completely right. false it is uh aaron rome knocked out nathan horton while lucic was on the ice i believe <laughs> he was on the ice uh you know board. matt yes. cook got his career ended you know during a game where they were the bruins that would fight everybody right uh and it didn't happen at the time they didn't fight at the time and they caught some flack for it but it, that's not stopping incidents from happening having a no. guy like that all it is is a guy that can beat somebody up after something happens so it's not it's not going to change the way other teams play you florida's still going to play you hard and tough and forecheck and do all the dirty little shit that they do they're still going to do that the teams the big physical teams are still going to play you big and physical. And it has nothing to do with guys like Lucic. It's how they handle your star players. It's how the Pasternaks and the Marshans and the McAvoys and the, you know, the guys like that handle the way that other teams play you. They have to be willing to take the hits, absorb the hits, deal with the punishment, and still p- produce and play up to their level. And, right. and, and that's really what it comes down to. It's not whether Lucic can beat up a guy after McAvoy takes an elbow or Martian gets hit or Pasternak gets hit. It's, it's how the star players handle getting played uh, in a physical manner. It's the Rock'em Sock'em, like, you know, Neanderthal hockey thing that people think that that's what happens. It's not 1975. Like, it's just not, uh, you know, there's not a ton of it as opposed to years ago when it comes to bad hits and fights and those types of things. It's not an ugly a game as it used to be, frankly. Um, And Lucic is not the type of, I mean, Lucic is out there 10, 12 minutes, you know, and and look at, it could be that he's, he's borderline on the roster anyway, healthy. Like you could scratch the guy. Sure. He could be scratched a month from now. If he comes back, they could scratch him two weeks later just for lack of production. Mm-hmm. And just because they have a better option, you know? So I, I don't, I just don't believe as you don't, that it really is that much of an effect. I think that the Bruins fans want to believe that, but it's just not, you know, I just I'm fine with Lauko and Steen out there. Yeah, that, I, really I was am. just going to say that. Fine with them out there. I mean, they're playing fine. I mean, they're doing. They're not producing a ton, but they're doing what they need to do for ten or twelve minutes, and then that's it. I mean, if we're talking about fourth line guys. Like, yeah, I mean that not, that line to me, uh, I think is probably better with Lauko, Steen, and Beecher together because sure. they're all kind of fast. They'll mm-hmm. get in aggressively on the forecheck. They'll. Both those uh, kids, all three of them actually, will bang bodies. You know, mm-hmm. Beach has got three goals now. So, yeah. you know, they can do some things, create some things, give give the team some energy. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you don't have a heavyweight now. I, I guess that's a drawback, but uh, I think they can make two without one. Yeah, I mean, he's had, I think I saw a stat where he's had, he's not had over more than five fights in a season in a long time. 
like it's been a long time. Like he doesn't fight as much as people think he does either. But yeah. The whole league doesn't. Right. Uh, so so uh, so that's the other thing. It's just again, it's not the eighties. It's just not. Yeah. So, and the fact that the Mitchell Middle thing was such a real. There's a ton of blowback. That was yeah. such a bad spot for them. That now to come in and 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 keep this guy who's a borderline roster player. Let's face it. Yeah. Like he's thirty five years old. Like it's not like he's twenty five and he was your first round pick two years years ago that's a whole different story this is a guy that you really don't need to keep around you really don't need to keep around so i would say that they should let him go but i'm really thinking that they could be just seeing the process through and trying to make this some sort of feel-good story at the end and it's just i just don't think it's worth it no it's worth it it's not worth it Um, and i think they're gonna they're gonna catch a lot of similar blowback and and you know maybe it's because they're friends with the guy like you know mm-hmm. Sweens and Neely know him personally, or whatever. So you know, I, I hope that's, that's not the, the thing. Yeah. If it's Patrick Brown, right? What happens? Right? Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, like it's Lucic was a beloved guy in uh, in the town before you know before the incident. Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, and there's still you know a decent amount of Bruins fans defending him. Not sure why. Not sure how. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is. I'm not either. Um, I'm not either. And so you know maybe they're gonna let it play out i think that's the wrong move uh uh but we'll see we'll see how the bruins handle it i guess uh yeah, but guess. um you know <clears throat> not guess. not a not a bright mark on the on the team if they keep him around certainly no uh speaking of how to handle it chirp too is there a hole left at all in any fashion without milan lucic we've seen them play very good hockey without him they have one regulation loss um, they're just off the pace from last year, which is incredible without him. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like, we just kind of merged one and two there together. So we've already kind of covered it, but I don't think there's a whole, I think you can get by with Lauko Steen and Beecher on the fourth line. I think, uh, you know, that would, that would be enough. Um, you know, the only hole I think they're missing is if, you know, you need a heavyweight to go up against the Ryan Reeves of the world. Um, you know, I, I think Treddy, uh, Trent, Freddie, Freddie, or <laughs> Trent, Frederick, Trent, Freddie, <laughs> Trent Frederick, uh, Freddie would be willing to do it. Um, but I don't think really that's his, you know, weight class, shall we say? Um, so, you know, Forbes probably too would be willing, but, um, you know, I I guess that would be the one place where you would kind of miss them, but it's really um, I think they can get by without it. I wouldn't mind seeing them add some toughness down the road, uh, somebody else maybe at the trade deadline uh, to kind of add to the physicality of the team because uh, you know we've talked about it before that against physical teams I think they need that, but um, he's not really he's not really anything that they'll miss I don't think. No, and I think that it's more about the defense core being able to play physically and being a little nasty than it is about some fourth line forward right. you know, being on a game warden, being yeah. there for if someone gets run. I think it's more about the the way that one of the reasons why they struggle in the playoffs is that is a defense core tough and nasty enough because um, you've seen it with Florida, like Radko Gulders can't play. He stinks, mm-hmm. but he's tackling guys in the slot yeah. and pushing the envelope sure. and, and creating a, a certain uh, level of, you know, he creates the barrier when it comes to officiating. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think you need to do that as a team too sometimes. Um, all right. Chirp three has Mason Lowry done enough to stay in the lineup upon Matt Grizzlick's return, which would be tomorrow, Saturday. I don't think so. Uh, and I've, and I've yeah. said that I really I want, wanted I him to stay and learn at the NHL level. And I think, um, you know, that would be the best place for him. But at this point, I, I don't, I don't see it. I think he's just too kind of raw defensively. He gets out of position a little bit too much, uh, running around in the zone. Uh, he's still not as familiar as a guy like Grizzly would be obviously, um, Mm -hmm. with the way the Bruins play, uh, defensively coverage wise in the zone. Mm-hmm. So I just I just don't think um, what he adds offensively, which is great, and he'll be great down the line. I just don't think it's enough right now for him to 
keep his place in the lineup. I think he'll go down. He should play in all situations, play a ton of minutes. Uh, and then he'll come back sometime, you know, later on in the year. He'll obviously be the first guy called up if there's an injury of some kind or anything. Or if the Bruins can finally swing a trade, maybe, and clear a little cap space to so they could get go out and get a forward or something like that. So right. uh, to me, you you have to uh, you have to send him down when Grizz comes back. Yeah, low Ryan Grizz. Like he's played nine games, similar stats. Uh, I think you saw you you had a stat the other day that that low Ryan was on the ice for seven out of ten five on five goals. Yeah, like seven of the last ten five yeah. on five goals or something like that. Yeah. He's been on the ice yeah. for so. Um, it's just he's he's struggling defensively. He's he's great with breakouts uh, most of the time. He's great offensively. You know he's made some mistakes. You know just experience wise mistakes like trying to keep a puck in at the offensive blue line with a one goal lead, trying to dangle somebody uh, that led to a goal against Dallas, um, and then just some poor coverage problems in the defensive zone that'll led to goals. So, um, right. you know, he, he just needs to go down and work on that kind of stuff and he'll be back and he'll be fine. He'll be great for a long time for this team. Um, yeah. cause I he, mean, he does, is he, is he Dougie Hamilton 2.0? I mean, is he just never going to be a great defensive defenseman? Is it just going to get by kind of thing and then bring the offensive skill set and the tools? I'm not saying he's going to score the goals that Dougie does, but right. you know, they, to be an offensive type defenseman, are we are we really just going to have to live with the guy's going to be just you know kind of okay defensively, but where he brings the dynamic aspect is offense. Yeah, probably, him. probably. I would say so. I mean, he's he hasn't played defense for that long. He didn't start playing defense until he was like fourteen or something. <laughs> like <laughs> so, uh, so you know, he's got a lot to learn. So uh, you know, will. Will he learn that? Will he keep making the same mistakes? We'll see. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, a shutdown defensive guy like a, you know, Carlo or McAvoy or somebody like that. I think, you know, he'll learn, you know, just over time and with experience about stick position and where, you know, where to cover in the defensive zone. And because he's so long and can skate so well, he'll shut down plays. Uh, But he'll never be a, you know, a big physical guy that you can really rely on late in games, I don't think, in the defensive zone. I don't think he'll ever be, you know, that guy. But uh, with all the stuff he adds offensively, I think, you know, he'll he'll definitely be a plus, you know, a guy that you'll want out there, um, you know, playing a bunch of minutes because of the offense and the transition that he gives you. Yeah, and minus five in his last 10 games, and he's turning 23 in January, so he's he's not super young either. Um no. He'll be almost, he's almost four years older than Patra. Um, yeah. So, but I think he's going to be a good player for sure. Yeah. Um, and just hope that he can, and, and, and playing with McAvoy and such, I mean, and, and they've been able to develop good defensemen, you know, with the, the people that, you know, their coaches, coaching staff, Adam McQuaid and so forth. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they developed some pretty good defensemen. So I think he'll certainly get better on his own end. But again, like you said, started late in life on defense and, the instincts are probably just need to catch up to the physical ability, probably. Yeah. Um, all right, chart four. Bruins one point off last year's record-setting pace. Pretty amazing considering the roster turnover. What you do you think is the number one, or is there a number one overall reason for how successful they've been? 79-13-8 or something outrageous? Yeah, I, um, the number one reason uh, this year particularly is goaltending, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, without the goaltending, the Bruins wouldn't be an average team, but they would probably have five, six losses already. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's been three, four, five games you can think of that uh, the goaltending basically stole the show for them. Um, mm-hmm. Just the game against uh, the last game against, uh, who was it the last game against? Tampa? No. Uh, Florida. Uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The last game against Florida, um, you know, Allmark makes a save when it's 2-1, like diving mm-hmm. across um, and yeah. and keeps it out. And then the Bruins go down and score, and then it's 3-1. Could have easily been 2-2 game. You know, Florida has momentum, and, and maybe they run away with that one. So that was mm-hmm. that's a that's a game-altering save there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so without the goaltenders, I, I really think the Bruins would, you know, be back towards the pack from, from where they are now. I think you can make a case that both in both seasons, it's about the goaltending. And I remember a game last year at Calgary where Calgary just 
beating the oh, yeah. them all game long. And all of a sudden they kick one in and it's, and they win the game. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, they got outshot by like two to one. Right. Like it was unbelievable. So yeah, th- I think that's a, that's a huge part of it. Uh, I also think the Bruins have been pretty good team for a while now. You know, they've had a good core of, you know, they, they always spend to the cap. They have good players. You know, they have Hall of Fame caliber player uh, in Bergeron, another one in Marchand, like in, probably another one in McAvoy and Pasternak. Like they have some really elite players in the, on the roster. And, you know, they've had two good coaches uh, in Cassidy and, and Montgomery too. I just think the whole organization, I think, doesn't get enough credit for for how well it has been run and how – and how they have created a winning culture there. I know that Bruins fans are very skeptical and cynical, and some will even say, oh, they're a bunch of losers at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, there is a winning culture there that wasn't there for many years as we were growing up. Like, it's just they, that wasn't the goal. Right. Yeah. Then. And I don't think it's 100 percent the goal to win the cup every year, but it's certainly more. Um, you know, more of a focus on winning. Uh, and they've been one of the better organizations in in, in the NHL for a while. Sure. I think it's just the whole the whole ball of wax there. Um, and it's really amazing that 166 out of 200 points in the last 100 games, like 166 out of 200 points they've gained, is just insane. It really it's is. Insane. And if they won the thing, yeah, if they won the thing last year, this would be – 100% historic. Like people would t- talk about this as maybe one of the greatest teams ever. Yeah. I mean, we they, talked they about it be in that discussion. Sure. We talked about it last year. It was one of the two or three best Bruins teams of all time. Right. Um, so that was last year's team. So we'll see how this year's team, you know, kind of measures up. But uh, so how about this? How about if they win this year? If they win this year, it would be hard not to say that they're in the top. They're they're in the discussion for best teams ever these last couple of years. Sure, yeah, you'd have like to. It just, you, it, yeah, you'd have to. I mean, even though they had a first round exit last year, and I'm sure people would hold that against them. But um, right. yeah, if they win this year, you know, a two year run like that is you know unheard of. Right. So you're figuring in 19, 22, and 23, like those those years, like seventh game of the cup, you know, and then and then. President's Trophy historic regular season, and then another great regular season win the cup. That's a four year stretch, four to five year stretch. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, it really is. It really is. So you know, we'll see what happens. I guess they just can't lose again in the first round. They do, then they're going to take a ration of shit. Oh yeah, again, and it's going to be another lost uh, cause. Uh, chirp five. Usually, U.S. Thanksgiving is a measuring stick for playoff teams. Now the Bruins. U.S. Thanksgiving are the best team in the NHL, so that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, uh, but some teams that are on the outside looking in: Carolina, the Devils, uh, Edmonton, Minnesota. Yeah, uh, Edmonton way down the list. Uh, Minnesota and shambles. Like, there's some teams that really have been major disappointment, and now have to kind of look and say, "Okay, we got to get the ship right here by Christmas, so we're in trouble." The, the only team I can think of is St. Louis Blues who were bad through January right. and made this miraculous comeback to win in 19. But other than that, you know, normally you have to be in a good spot here at Thanksgiving. You do. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if some of those teams can rebound and, and get back in it. They, they have a decent amount of teams now to climb over to get back into the mix. Uh, you know, and then there's some, uh, exciting teams like, you know, the Red Wings are in it. They haven't been in it in a while. Um, Vancouver yeah, is having... Arizona and Anaheim. Yeah, are, Arizona and Anaheim are right there, right there on the outside looking in, but real close. Uh, and then Vancouver is having an unbelievable year. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, there's some been some surprising teams there that you wonder whether they can hold on to those playoff spots or if they're going to, you know, kind of drop out as the as the season goes on if they come back to earth a little bit but uh yeah some some real um kind of interesting shockers and and disappointments and then some teams that are really playing well uh that they hope that can continue 
Speaking of Vancouver, last last guy to get back-to-back 60-goal seasons was Pavel Bure in 92, 93, 93, 94. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pasternak and Connor McDavid are the only two guys this year who have a chance to uh, get back-to-back 60-goal seasons. McDavid has less of a chance yeah, because he's gotten off to a really difficult start. Uh, only six goals in 16 games, but Pasta has a chance. He sure does. Hot. To get the back-to-back 60-goal seasons. Um, so I thought that was an interesting stat. 30 years it's been since a back-to-back 60-goal score in the NHL. Uh, six. is it possible for the Bruins to be cup contenders with this current roster? I think they can be, and they are. They should be considered cup contenders uh, just for the way that they've started. And it's been with this roster for the most part. Uh, should they add? Yes, they absolutely should add. Um, mm. uh, but I think if they kept the status quo, they could win with this roster. It's all about the goaltending. It's all the, about the defense. They made it a point of emphasis in the tra- in training camp that they wanted to be more physical, harder in front of uh, their own net and in front of uh, the opposing team's net. It seems like they have done that so far this year. Uh, that needs to continue. They could always get better at it. Uh, I think Brandon Carlo's playing some of the best hockey of his entire career. So if you add him in with McAvoy and uh, Lindholm can kind of get back, find his game a little bit, which I think uh, the last few games he's been able to. He's starting to put some points up, and he's been a little bit better. Uh, so if he continues to climb and they can get, you know, a sol- a real solid top four, top three, then they certainly have uh, the ability to be a con- cup contender and to win it, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, my answer would be no. And here's my, here's why. Okay. I think that um, there's two still, you still have two problems you had going into the season. I think when it comes to playoff hockey in that center depth, uh, you're asking Matt Potter to play 100-plus games, um, and you don't really have much behind him to really fill that need that he brings. You don't have another guy that could even come with some of the skill set he has when it comes to center. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, with Grizzlick still in there, you still have that problem on defense against a heavier team in the playoffs um, if you don't upgrade that thing, I think you're going to have another problem with um, their defense just not being, you know, just not playing tough enough, being physical enough, being nasty enough. I think those are the two things, two concerns I had coming in. And two, and one of them was, a, I think, one of the reasons why you lost Florida. And the other one was you lost two of your Hall of Fame level type defense or centermen. Mm-hmm. Uh, or close to it. So I still think you, I think you've done a little, I think you've had a pleasant surprise in Patra, but a hundred plus games of Patra at 19 years old. I think you've already seen a little bit of wear down, a little bit of, you know, hide and seek with him uh, in the lineup. I don't know where that's going to look like in April. Yeah. You know? so he, I thought he, I'm still in there. Yeah. I thought Potra bounced back in the Florida game. I thought he was actually pretty physical for a guy who's, you know, five ten and 170 pounds or whatever he is. Right. Um, I think Coyle and Zaka have proven that they can step up. Now, whether that continues all year, I don't know, but right now they've stepped up and they played really, really well. Uh, they've kind of filled that void left by, Bergeron and Krejci. Now, like I said, I'm not sure that can continue, but uh, they're certainly proving that they want that responsibility and uh, have played uh, excellent hockey up until this point. So if that can continue, then I think they can get by with the center depth they have. Should they add? Yeah, they absolutely should add. Uh, And they should add on defense too. Um, You know, the physicality we talked about, I think they do need to address that, and they certainly could always use more center depth, 100%. 
Yeah, and, and I'm really impressed with Charlie Coyle. I just thought that, you know, I knew he's a good player. He's, you know, I don't think there's any question with that, but I just didn't think that he could step up to this level. I mean, he's on pace to get close to 70 points or something. Yeah. Like, this is like, he, I think his most was 50-something, yeah. like, seven years ago. Right. Like with Minnesota. Like, it, he's just a forty mid-40s kind of points guy. And I just, I'm so impressed. And, and I didn't think he had it in him at 31 years old. Like, I just, usually you are who you are. But he's really been terrific. Like, he's just been, yeah. that goal the other night was just kind of filth. You know, he's walking yeah. in and he makes a move by a guy who just completely undresses the defenseman, yeah. walks in, scores, like, filthy finish. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, where is that coming from, Charlie? Um, so, you know, hey, I, I think that, I think that you know, the two of them are very good. I think they could use another forward. Just to, you know, and if, if it's not a center, which is hard to come by, yeah. and it's a winger who can score, like a, like a Nathan Horton. They need their own Nathan Horton type yeah, guy. they do. I agree with you. You know, that, that, can, that can just snipe every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know. Um, all right, and then trip number seven. Things we are thankful for. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for when the Bruins actually play matinee games. I like matinee games because you can sit down like on a Black Friday, watch the game, and then you got you can do shit at night. Sure. You, know, you can yeah. you can kind of still go to dinner. You can do whatever. You yeah. can watch a show later at night. It's like just I like the matinee games. They typically over the years have not performed well in them. No, they've been terrible in matinees. <laughs> but they've been bad in them. But uh, <laughs> so sometimes you get some clunkers. But I I do like. Matinee hockey. Yeah, the last few years, I think they've been a little bit better in the matinees. I'm thankful yeah, for the. Have, yeah. I'm thankful for the Bruins goaltending because I mm-hmm. think without the goaltending, that this wouldn't be an entirely different team. Because uh, they've mm-hmm. gotten dominated in some of these games and and still found ways to win. So I'm thankful mm-hmm. for the Bruins goaltending and stuffing. Love stuffing. Stuff, I love the stuffing. Oh, I love Jesus, the stuffing. Yeah. All all different types of stuffing. Yeah. Love the stuffing. Give me all the stuffing. Um, all of it. Uh, and the and the old uh, Thanksgiving sandwich, the little oh yeah, the, gob- the gobbler, yeah, the gobbler, yeah. turkey stuffing, little cranberry yeah. on there. Get after it, okay. fuck yeah! You gave me a Black Friday Bruins matinee and a gobbler while I'm watching it. Yeah, and a little bit and a little bar down New England IPA to wash oh, it down. Now you're talking. That's a day. Now Have a talking. day. And a nap at four. Oh yeah, then- it's all about the naps. I was fucking fast asleep after Thanksgiving okay. last night. I think people would. I think people would taking photo pictures of me to post on social media. I was out cold. Jesus, close your mouth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, rapid review time. Uh, and it was uh, on November the 18th. It was the Montreal Canadiens at home and a five to two win. I thought this was the most. Might have been the most dominating performance that Bruins have had this year so far. Um, except that Smitty dropped his four pack on the ground of Bard. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I'm trying yeah, to carry all the co- yeah. podcasting stuff back to my house after we, after we go to Lobs for the, for the live broadcast. I got the four pack. I got like my soundboard. I got the mics. I got all this crap coming in. And I'm carrying too much stuff and it, falls down and cracks open right in the goddamn driveway so i'm yeah. trying to shotgun uh beers in the driveway so i don't so i don't waste it all because it's spraying out the yeah. side of it and oh geez oh, yeah. it was a it was a mess i say i i only was able to salvage one can that i that i kept until uh yesterday that i enjoyed uh but so i'll have to go back down there and grab some more but uh yeah that was a travesty yeah, those very are beautiful black cans. Oh too. yeah, nice. I know. Uh, it's so it was a very great sad. Turnout at Lops, and the Bruins did dominate Montreal. It was yeah. a, just a great night going or go all around. Um, guy with a crocheted Montreal sweater <laughs> at, at Lops yeah. so, kind of stood out, uh, but he went home disappointed. Uh, and he did he did buy a, a four pack of buy down, so good for him. Yeah, uh, Bruins get a big win against Montreal. Uh, you know they they outshot them almost double. And it was a, a pretty much, uh, you know, men against boys. Yeah, it was a 5-1 win. Uh, Montreal scored one late, basically, to uh, to make it look a little bit more respectable. But, yeah, the Bruins dominated that game. And, you know, uh, certainly a, a nice win against a, a rival, heated rival. Yes, heated rivalry. Um, and then a little, on 11-20, 
It was at Tampa Bay, a 5-4 to four loss, extremely disappointing in overtime. Bruins have the lead until about four and a half seconds left. Give one away late. Yeah. They just kind of pissed the game away. Uh, and it was a, it's kind of a sneaky, bad trend. Look, the, they've lost 13 games in regulation in two years. But yeah, uh, when they do, it seems that they lose the game late. Yeah, and they, they seem to have leads. In, in in the games, like they they could be they could be a hundred no, but they, they I mean they're just pissing these games away late with with leads. So I, I feel like actually, and you know we'll get to it in a second, but I think the Florida win uh, on the road the next the very next game was a good sign because sure. uh, in the third period of that game they basically locked it down and played a fantastic road period against a really good Florida team. I think through 14 minutes or something, Florida only had two shots on goal. Like the Bruins just controlled the entire period. Florida had nothing. They had no scoring chances and the Bruins just locked it down and, and came out with a, with a win against a, you know, a good Florida team. Yeah, and it was started by the hit uh, by uh, Florida was looking for revenge and the hit by McAvoy and Ekman Larson that got McAvoy suspended earlier. Florida dominates, but uh, Allmark is up to the challenge. He played really well. He in really this did. Game. Somehow the beast come out of the first with a lead that that Charlie Coyle finish was a beautiful one. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, it was a great third period defensively. It was like a clinic, really. And yeah. a lot of it had to do with Lauko and Steen being out there quite a bit. Like, usually they take a back seat in the third. Yeah. And I noticed that they were out there quite a bit. They were. He was going to them to kind of do what they need to do and play solid hockey. And I think maybe he's learning that. You know, maybe my top line guys are trying to do too much offensively, not really being defensive conscious in the third Mm -hmm. and need a more defensive lockdown type situation. And that line did really well in the third. Yeah. And they well, they all have speed. Number one, so they can get in on the forecheck, just disrupt things. Uh, Beach is a good face-off guy. He's long, he's big, and then the other two guys are just have a ton of energy and will hit and and do all the right things defensively. Uh, so I think that that's a good line to throw out there in the third with a lead because I think they're responsible. And then you get you know the forechecking and and all that stuff uh, that goes along with it. So um, yeah, I. I've, they played just an excellent overall game there uh, down in Florida uh, through the, from the goaltending, you know, on out and uh, came away with a nice win against, uh, you know, a rival as well, I guess. Absolutely. And now 14, one and three heading into today. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook, and it's live right here in Massachusetts and now in Maine as well. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts and in Maine. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required, bonus issues as free bets, terms at draftkings.com slash ma all right a beauty for this week we're gonna give it to uh to teddy teddy Treddy, freddy trent <laughs> freddy trent frederick is our beauty for this week this will teach those filthy bastards who's lovable <laughs> he is a lovable sword isn't he i mean bruins fans love some freddy he had a couple of goals in a game he's been really really good and uh i'm really kind of impressed. I, I I really thought losing Taylor Hall in this line was going to affect his production. Uh, but he's been really good and he's he's finally figured out what he brings to the table. He's not taking stupid penalties. He's not trying to do too much. He's he's cashing in when it when it's there and um, you know, he's providing a really good bottom six forward for them. He is. And you know, he's a bigger guy. I think he'll fight if you 
need him to, uh, but he's definitely starting to pick his spots a little bit more there. And that's, I'm sure, come with a little experience, maybe a little talking to from some of the coaches and the veteran leadership on the team to uh, kind of figure out how to how to do that role without, you know, putting the team at a disadvantage. So good on Freddie. Uh, you know, he, he really has kind of grown into a role there where he's, you know, a re- reliable, responsible guy that's going to chip in offensively. And, you know, that's that's really what you want from him. So, yeah, good on yeah. good on Freddie. Five, five, uh, five goals already in 18 games, plus four at two goals against Montreal. Um, two goals on two shots. I mean, yeah. efficient. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's as efficient as you can get. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, for the bender, we're going to go for the Florida Panthers. Our buddy, Nick Cousins. Ah, the bender. So he has a high elbow hit on McAvoy after McAvoy had already taken a late-ish high hit from Lomborg. Uh, And uh, McAvoy wants to fight, wants to throw hands with Nick Cousins. and, And Nick Cousins' gloves are glued on. And he yep. is a puss eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, you know that's the type of thing. Like, look, if you want to, you know, and I've had this discussion in my own head about this. Like, a good hit, you know, to, I don't think you need to respond to every no. good hit. If a guy gets you, he gets you. Sure. You know, hey, take another number. Try to get him later. Right. I mean, you don't need your all your four line mates to come running over and start a line brawl. Uh, I a hundred percent agree with that. You know what I mean, but but in this case, if it's high and if it's dirty and if it's, then you need to answer that. Yeah. You were careless, mm-hmm. uh, and you need to answer to that and and drop the gloves and let's let's you know let's yeah. get it on. Yeah. And let's McElroy settle it. Has been more and more kind of played a little more pissed off the lately especially this season yeah and in past seasons like he's been a little bit more like what i thought he should be is a little bit more nasty he's already had a bad hit himself mm-hmm. like but you know what if it, if it crosses the line every once in a while because you're at the edge then hey that's what you got to live with I, and um you know yeah i i, I want my defenseman to be at the edge and occasionally right. cross the line here and there sure. uh yeah. that's what you need from them you you can't have defensemen that are your best friend. You know we talked about Bra- Brandon Kylo in the past. You know being a good church fearing man, God fearing man, uh, and and just being like you know sorry sorry I cross checked in the back. You know, right. so right. I, we need less of that and and more of the being right on the edge. And I think Kylo's taken his game to a new level in that in that regard this season. Mm-hmm. And and I think all the defensemen, McAvoy included, need to follow along there so uh you know yeah. if if people are gonna take liberties with some of the defensemen, we need to take some liberties with some of their guys um you know in front of the net and and in front of their net too yeah absolutely and i i think that um you know the, the bruins need to respond to those types of things and i think mcavoy needs to lead the way there and carlo has been more a little bit more i mean he's never going to be chippy <laughs> but he's been a little bit more engaged in those types of situations. I've noticed this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, playing with great confidence too. Sure. Which helps. All right. Uh, our uh, centennial spotlight. We're going to look at uh, Jerry Cheever's cheesy. Cheesy. Uh, this week. He is the uh, centennial spotlight. He made an appearance when, Orr and those folks came for that, mm-hmm. uh, Era's night. Yep. Uh, it was good to see Cheesy there. And he had a 226 wins in 103 losses, 76 ties with the Bruins. I didn't realize for all that time that he played two games originally with Toronto. I had no idea. No. Uh, huh. He was one and one with Toronto in 1961-62 before coming over to the Bruins four years later. Um so he was, uh, you know, and, and the thing about Cheesy is his numbers aren't off the charts. Charts great. I mean, two point eight nine goals against, nine oh one save percentage. But he was on great teams, sure, won tons of games. Yep. Uh, and he was the type. I mean, he was an all star uh, a few times. Um, and you know, he was a good good goaltender who, you know, would would make big saves and had the you know had the mask with the scars and you know he's cheesy he's a he's a folk he's part of folklore and bruins history yeah sure he's a bruins legend uh you know cup winner uh, part of those big brad bruins teams in the early 70s so uh you know he certainly is deserving of of the honor being a you know two-time cup winner so uh good for him yeah no question and then uh our our Providence Bruins uh, beauty of the week. Say that five times fast. 
Uh, is John Farinacci, the former Harvard Crimson, and Farinacci's had a really good season for a team that's been really disappointing. Yeah. Uh, the Bruins, uh, baby Bruins, have not done very well at all. He has five goals, nine assists, and 14 games. He's a plus nine. And Farinacci's been a great, great pickup for them since uh, signing after not signing with the Coyotes and coming on to the Boston Bruins organization as a free agent. And he's been really, really good. And he's a he's been a captain before. He has good leadership qualities. He's a great addition. He's 22 years old. He'll be 23 in February. 5'11", 185, right winger uh, from Red Bank, New Jersey. And Farinacci's been the one bright light. Lysel's been pretty good, too. He's been kind of in and out of the lineup with some injury stuff lately. But... Um, He's been decent as well, but the team itself just isn't playing very well. No, they're not. They're, they're not playing very well, and, and Farinacci has been a bright spot, and, and that's good to see because, you know, we've talked about it previously, but when, when the Bruins trading will lay a lot of uh, draft capital and, and picks to, to make additions to the NHL roster, you need, you know, undrafted free agent type guys or free agent signings like Farinacci to kind of fill in the prospect pool uh, because you don't have as many picks as as sure. you would, so uh, you know a good addition to to Providence, and obviously he's playing really well right now, and and they need that con- continue certainly uh, to uh, you know maybe get a call up to the Bruins uh, or or to get Providence kind of back playing in the right direction here. Yeah, no question. And the Bruins, uh, Providence Bruins, have lost four straight, but he's been a bright spot. Uh, he now leads the Bruins uh, in Providence in points on the season prospect spotlight goaltender Reed Dick is with the swift current Broncos. Uh, their coach was just recently suspended for some conduct, uh, un, you know, detrimental to the league or what have you unbecoming five games unbecoming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Reed Dick has been someone who was drafted by the Bruins late as a project, a real athlete in net. His numbers weren't, Ever great, but uh, he was working on his technique and so forth and positioning. This year has been a really good year for him. He just recently picked up an injury, uh, but he, this is statistically his best year he's had uh, as a young player. And, uh, and again, Bruins have done just a good, fantastic job in identifying goaltenders and developing them and getting him into the system and so forth. He's been there at Swift Current for four seasons now. And we'll see what happens after this season as far as, as Reed Dick is concerned. But it's another goaltender in the pipeline doing pretty well. Yeah, I and mean, he's a big athletic kid. Um, and, and you know, I think if he does get into the system, you know, the Bruins have a pretty good track record of developing guys. So I think, mm. you know, it would behoove Reed to, to get into mm. the Bruins system and, and learn from the Bruins coaches. And, and I think he'll improve and the Bruins will have another pro- goalie prospect, you know, that they can use either as a trade chip or, uh, you know, some organizational depth. Yeah. Sixth round pick 2022. He'll be 20 years old in January, 6'3", 190 from Winkler, Manitoba. Uh, he has fast hands. It says here in the elite prospects, the, uh, uh, scout on Reed Dick and, and, and playing, you know, pretty well for the Swift current Broncos, 13 games, uh, goals against is at three and his, his save percentage though is at nine thirteen. It's up from eight eighty seven last year. So a good trend for Reed Dick. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Bender's polls. We had a couple polls this week. The first one was Milan Lucic with the absence of Lucic. Do the Bruins need to fill that hole? As we talked about earlier, Almost 400 votes. The polarizing Milan Lucic brings it in. Uh, Yes was 28%. No was 49%. And wait and see was 23%. So half the people, half of the 382 votes say that, nope, they do not need to fill that hole, whatever that hole may be, uh, by Milan Lucic's absence. So interesting. Because the Bruins fans love love them some Milan Lucic. They do. Love them some Lucic. but I have seen a lot of people turning. I have seen, yeah. seen a lot of people turning on him. Um, so I think he's losing some of that luster uh, for sure. And then happy Thanksgiving, Bruins fam. It's uh, thankful for all of you, and we are. 
Yes. Uh, but the best Thanksgiving side, we threw it out to the poll. 60 people responded because most of them were eating at the time. <laughs> uh, stuffing. 44%. Yeah. Some sort of potatoes, 32%. <laughs> uh, green bean casserole at 12%. And then other was at 12%. And someone said uh, sweet potato casserole was a go-to um, for them. Yeah, I like sweet potato casserole much better than the green bean mm-hmm. casserole. Throw a little brown oh, yeah. sugar on top okay. of that, some marshmallow. Okay. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'll get after I mean, that seems, all day. It seems It seems okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's those are all things that'll that'll make a, a dish a winning side there. Yeah, I I took a, a, a ration of shit, in, including from you. Yes, about my take on pumpkin pie. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a pumpkin pie guy. I think it's overrated. I think it's overrated. I think it's just not. It's just not there for me at all. Give me a give me a strawberry rhubarb. Give me an apple. Give me a lemon meringue. Give me a key lime. Give me a pecan pie. But I'm not. I'm out on pumpkin pie. Yeah, that's fine. You can be out more for me, uh, but I'll I'll eat. So the pro- so I the problem is it's not a problem. Well, maybe it is. I I will eat all of those pies. I like all the pies. I like all the desserts. I think if oh, yeah. you know me for five minutes, you'll know that I have a sweet tooth, and you know that I will eat all of the desserts. Uh, mm. I don't have any problem finding a dessert yeah. to eat. That I like. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I like the pumpkin pie. I like the strawberry rhubarb. I like the key mm-hmm. lime. I like lemon meringue. I like, uh, you know, a Boston cream pie, I like chocolate pie. I like you, you Just give me all the pies. <laughs> give me all the pies. Just give me all the desserts. Yeah. I'm, I'm in on all of it. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't have any problem with any of those things. Wow. It's amazing. You've, you've avoided the diabetes. <laughs> Yeah, the diabetes has yeah. not been uh, over at the Smith house. Yeah. That's too bad, really. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I have not avoided it, but you have, and you eat all the pies. I do. I but, love uh, all the pies. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a good time. I mean, it's just it's a great holiday, especially in Massachusetts growing up, going mm-hmm. to high school football games, sure. eating football, watching football, napping. I mean, it's just it's everything you want in a holiday. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Week ahead for the Bruins. Black Friday today, one o'clock, starting in just a couple of minutes versus the Detroit Red Wings at home, trying to avenge their only regular regulation loss of the season. Mm-hmm. Then tomorrow, Saturday in the afternoon, uh, I think it's a night game. Right no, now, it's afternoon. Rangers. Another matinee. Oh, afternoon, yeah. yeah. 1 p.m. Back to back matinees. Yeah. Back to back matinees. At Madison Square. And then uh, on the 27th at the struggling Columbus Blue Jackets. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins, Benders, merchandise, shirts and hoodies and hats and mugs and all sorts of good items there for Christmas. Uh, Follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. We'll do the game updates on X. Subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page. That'll do it for us. Another episode of the Bruins Benders podcast. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.